Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So this is something you're going to absolutely want to watch as soon as you possibly can. It's called Tuco Macho, and it's from uh, the Nest Collective, and uh, the director uh, by the name of Jim uh, Chuchu. We talked uh, with Jim and George, actually, from the Nest Collective, and from two people deeply involved not only with this community but with this film. We talked about the issues surrounding it. We talked about how it was made. It's a, a very cool uh, web series uh, it's it, it's got things to say about uh, Kenya. It's got things to say about politics and relationships, and and about capital punishment, and about ethics and morality, and 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 done in such an interesting way. And and they're taking this uh, from a digital perspective. They're really taking this uh, expression to to a whole new level. It seems to me. So check them out online. Uh, it's called Tuko Macho, T-U-K-O, and then Macho as it sounds. And, and check them out, the Nest Collective as well. It's, uh, there are a series of episodes, uh, about eight of them, all in. And uh, like I said, it's going to uh, challenge you. And it's going to, um, I think, introduce you into a new uh, way of seeing the world, which to me is fascinating. And Jim and George and I just had such a great time. We had a wonderful time uh, in the interview, so I hope you do enjoy it here at the Toronto International Film Festival. Tuco Macho coming up uh, on rabble.ca. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my podcasting and my speaking and my writing. Coming right up, Jim and George and the Nest Collective on Tuco Macho. So welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a couple of uh, very special guests here, all the way from Kenya today, just for the interview, actually. Isn't it? Yeah, you're just in town yeah, for the interview. Yeah, all the way. Just yes, for the interview. Toronto, Toronto International Film Festival. We're here to celebrate and talk about a uh, what some are calling experimental, and I want to hear your thoughts on that, but uh, uh, Tuco Macho is a... Uh, TV series, a YouTube-based TV series, question mark? Yes. How about you guys introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about what the heck it, we're, we're here to talk about today. Such uh, a family show. <laughs> Such a family show, that's right, that's uh, right. Yeah. My name is Jim Chuchu, I am a member of the Nest Collective, which created the series, and I was director on the series. 
Yes, my name is George. Uh, I I'm a, I'm a member of the Nest Collective, and I played quite a number of roles. But uh, at least the consistent one was uh, was that I was the assistant director, yeah. and the executive producer, and like the driver, <laughs> like the and the driver yes. who brings the chocolate yes. Yes. and stuff Bring, like and that. The chocolate and the coffee. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, that's good. That's yeah. excellent. So you've been involved at a lot of a lot of different levels. Oh, and hang on, one more part of the conversation. Mukami Koino, um, executive producer. Um, and um, I work with an organization called Forum Sud. It's Swedish, but we are partners with uh, the Nest Collective. Excellent. So, so, so I guess maybe because we're just kind of Nest Collective. So, um, just let's see: thinkers, uh, makers, believers. And a small Un- army. Thinkers and a, a small <laughs> army of thinkers, makers, believers. Fascinating. Love the name of of your group of your community, the Nest Collective, it's brilliant. So let's go there first. Tell us about the Nest Collective a little bit, and then let's dive into the, the film series. Okay, uh, the Nest Collective started in, started in we started the Nest in 2012, and the just Nest. a space, yeah, it was a space in Nairobi, and the idea there was to collect all the alternative thinkers in the city, uh, the young ones who are often ignored by kind mm. of institutions. Um, and so after two years of operating that way, we, we discovered that the internal voice of the of the nest, the members of the nest, uh, was actually a thing worth investigating and hmm. developing, hmm. and that is where the collective formed. Uh, our first um, group project, our first collaborative project, was the Stories of Our Lives, which was a film and book project in 2014, uh, and that was the reason we came to Toronto for the festival uh, in 2014. Um, since then, we've we've deepened our voice, and and that's why we now call exploring ourselves exploring LGBTQ issues, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. it was an LGBTQ project in, in Nairobi, in Nairobi, in Kenya actually, because in we Kenya. went around the country collecting stories of queer people across the country. Um, so that was a that was a fire, yeah, it was a fiery project that kind of has, uh, helped us create this collective tell, identity. Tell, tell me about that internal voice. Of the collective, um, the collective consists of uh, ten members, and they're all from from all kinds of different places. Some people are coming from finance, medicine, social work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're not like an artist-only collective. Ah, interesting. Uh, and so, what we mean by a group, what the collective means to us is that we create work collaboratively. Um, for instance, Tukomacha was written by three of the members. Uh, but then everyone kind of pitches in on the story and says, I think this is... In. And so because of all these different viewpoints, we're able to craft things that are a little more three- or four-dimensional. Yeah. So, so it sounds fascinating, and I hope, I hope the listeners, and certainly I'm going to dig a little bit deeper, but I hope people dig... I love the, this idea of that you're not artists only. I wonder, is there, is there a sense that the collective would say that we all are artists of a particular sort? Well, the thing is this, um, I, I, I did not come from an artistic background. Well, you're the driver, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I came from a, a background of uh, around social justice work, uh, international relations, human rights work, uh, international development, and ambulance. That's right. They're, they're, they're on their way here right now. We're at Touchwood Studios, by the way, and right in the middle of the Toronto International Film Festival. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I have I have um, I, I have a because of the collective now I look at artistic expression as mediums and languages, hmm. and so we have we 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 over time have developed um, 
uh, eloquence in fashion, uh, expression through music, uh, photography, film, um, sometimes theater, uh, and, 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 and definitely other forms uh, like uh, comics and literature. Uh, and so I, I find that uh, being at the, uh, uh, being part of the Nest Collective, I'm able to express in more mediums than language. Uh, or text, and so that's that's one of the. When when you say express, so so I've seen seen uh, the first episode. Um, I've spent a little bit of time on the the site. Is is this about um, is this about Kenyan identity? Is this about personal identity, or could could we even say this is kind? Of, I mean, the applications of the, of the show are so uh, human and across the board and global and apply to everyone. Yeah. But it, does the collective really? I don't know. Is it, it that internal voice is a Kenyan internal voice in a sense? Does that make? Does that? Well, like I feel the 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 the, the, the characters of our voice necessarily are generational. Right. Uh, there's yeah. an African generational voice there. There's also a citizenship question about uh, how we exist as Kenyans, as young people in Kenya, as uh, queer, straight. Educated, privileged, unprivileged, um, all our characters, all our citizenships uh, are part of, or non citizenships are Mm. are part of the fodder we use for our work. And so um, uh, the the challenge is how to treat the personal and to make it uh, sort of like collective. Um, And so we always borrow from someone's grievance um, as, as sort of the original instigation of our thought. And then it's uh, baked and fed by everyone's opinions. And sometimes we don't agree. And so when we don't agree, we make sure the work reflects the disagreement, the, the disagreement as part of its expression. Um, and I guess that's probably one of the qualities of the collective producing. I guess one example of the that kind of disagreement would be our, our opinions on the death penalty right. in general. I would imagine. Um, and here we are making a series where the main characters kind of do this over and over again. And I think even now, after doing the series, we still don't have a, a, common, a common point of view on death penalties. And we tried as much as possible to reflect that conflict of, of feeling in the series. Uh, yeah. So the Huffington Post calls it a kick-ass crime series, <laughs> which cracks me up. It's so funny after, after seeing it. So I think it is. Um, but, but, you know, did you guys start, did, were you sitting around a table like this one at a coffee shop, you know, saying, I wanna, we, need to, we need to talk about capital punishment. We need to talk about the taking of a human life. I mean, is that where you guys are? Do you start at a phys- philosophical sort of position and say, let's, let's do something really hip and cool and disruptive? I don't think so, actually. This one actually came in a very light way. Uh, <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> um, because the, I think the seed of the idea came after watching too many Batman movies and wondering mm. um, about the kind of the theatricality of, of the whole Batman series with the latex and the, and the villains and the makeup. And, the, and it made me wonder about um, this idea of Gotham and whether Nairobi was its own, in a way, was a much darker much yeah a much uh, not elite <laughs> like darker in every sense yeah. um, Gotham and that maybe our villains don't really need uh, makeup and they don't and our heroes don't need spandex 
Yeah, like for instance, George isn't credited in the writing uh, credits, but there are many points I remember where he'd come in and read what we were doing, and he'd say things, and we we would have to shift dramatically. Uh, we have another member called Joking Gumi, who was a doctor who was a med, who was actually a medical yeah. doctor, and we stole her, and she joined the collective. Right, nice. And her thoughts on uh, the femininity and all the female characters. Uh, are really really critical to the series and they really shifted the series. So YouTube series been over a million views. Uh, I understand you got potential broadcasters maybe question mark not 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 sure about that because of the nature of the show. Yeah. I get that. Um, very disruptive in a certain way and and really can I say fun to watch? Uh, it really is. I mean, which may sound a little too dark. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it, it it drew me in immediately just because of the um well, I think I think partially maybe the voyeurism of it, of you know that saw-like kind of film sort of sense of being on the inside. Wow, what would it be like being able to be a part of something, of being the judge and the jury like this? And I think in a certain way, I mean, everybody loves the western, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves it when when Clint Eastwood rolls into town and shoots all the bad guys, yeah. right? There is something about that that's really cathartic, yeah. and also deeply troubling, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and it's very interesting to hear people talk about the series from kind of a global perspective because when we were making it, we felt like this was such an internal Kenyan conversation and that it wouldn't really translate to a global audience. You didn't think it would? We didn't think it ah, would. Ah, um, interesting. And even right, Nairobi's Gotham. Oh, hang yeah, on. Exactly. Maybe, maybe cities are <laughs> Gotham, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and so this entire TIFF experience has been such a kind of uh, an opening up of our idea of what global audiences are and what they watch and what they're interested so in. So the show's great and being well received, but the way you sort of took it to the next level was you actually got your audience to interact in a very particular way. Tell, tell, tell us about that. Well, the thing is, is uh, going in uh, and maybe um, the history of, of, of the design of the show was influenced by, the, by, by our last work. Uh, so we did uh, Stories of Our Lives and it was banned in Kenya. It's uh, never been screened in Kenya. And never probably, been screened in Kenya. And, wow. And maybe won't in the wow. foreseeable future. Um, and, and, and so in a sense, we felt that our work was on, in, in exile, on, mm. in, in mm. forced exile, and we had a desire to return home artistically. And, and so at the back of our minds, uh, an intense engagement with our culture, with our textures, with our pace, with our languages and being right in the middle of the city sensibility was a desire. And so we hoped to to create something that would bring us back home and and therefore the design of interacting with our audiences was uh, central to to the progression of the It's like this social it's like a social experiment. You know, yes. the audience gets to choose well, uh, so so help me out here about 12 uh, so you basically go online after you've ca captured this guy who's been carjacking, committing crimes, of a, and basically disrupting people's lives in pretty horrific ways. Yeah. 
you imprison him and you say to your audience uh, digitally, you guys get to decide if he lives or dies. Mm -hmm. And it looked to me, if I remember correctly, an astounding number of people said he dies. Yeah. Astounding number. And then I just read yesterday that your Toronto audience basically <laughs> said he dies too. But then the, at least the Toronto audience were a little more divided. It was like 51, 49% oh, right. to your right. credit. Right. To our credit. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, yeah. But uh, the idea of it being an experiment, because it seems like even the main character is doing an ex a social experiment. Mm. And then for us, we were also doing an experiment on many levels. Uh, putting it on Facebook was was a risk. Uh, a I lot bet. of people said Facebook isn't doesn't make sense. It's not the platform um, for it, yeah. And even like the film, people said that if you put it on Facebook, then you can't really do a festival thing. Uh, Interesting. So there's all these reasons not to do it, but I think we've learned a lot about our audience. We know who they are, their age, uh, what devices they're watching our show on. Yes, and, and which that's is fascinating, very, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very useful to see. Yeah, very useful. Yeah. So, so and, and also, there are different levels of engagement. And so, mm. the, the first level of engagement is sort of like the surprise pa person who stumbles on the show mm. to watch mm -hmm, it. And, mm -hmm. and we have those uh, every day, 24 hours, all those new people I joining bet. in. I bet. And they join at different levels. And, and then there's a, there's a guys who started with us and have evolved with us until now. And so you see that um, the kind of interactions that we're having at the comment level. And so the comments mm. are becoming longer and deeper and more thought out and more philosophic. And, yeah, so, um, and so we're having the guys who share. And so uh, averagely on an episode, we'd have like 150,000 views or like 4,000 shares. But then the comments uh, is where the engagement happens. So uh, you'd see audience members debating based on the content, even without referring right, right. to us on our platform. And that, I guess, is a design of Facebook, where a lot of people still feel that they can have honest conversations and arguments. Yes in a public but private way. I in a public, know. private, sort of anonymous way, which is kind of interesting, too, in yeah. what you're doing with the show itself, because yeah. there is an anonymity to the executions, if I can say yes. that. Yes, you know? and I remember there's even a character who talks about who are you changing the city for? Are you doing it for yes. real people? Or these yes. guys who are hiding behind computers That's voting? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, I'm, my background academically, as my listeners know, is, is philosophy, but I love the issues that this raises. Oh. Love, absolutely love it. I mean, it's so, it's stylish as hell. I mean, it's just so, the, the, okay, so just, the, the, there's one scene, and I, I, it has to be intentional, and I'm really hoping that truck stops backing up any minute now. Um, there we go, got it. But there's a, a scene where, um, hmm. The judge and the jury, the, 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 the actor, is holding, a, um, in the first episode, holding the food to take it into the criminal. And the split, the split screen with the light between this side and that side, and I just, I just, I absolutely, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I absolutely love that, 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 is it really that simple? Is it really black and white? Is it really positive and negative? This is a complex issue we're dealing with here, guys. You know, this, you know, this is about being better humans. And then I also love the way you disrupt that shot with the bowl of food, and he won't take it. He won't take the food. And then he starts to pontificate, this guy. Anyway, I hope I'm planting some seeds with my audience so that they're already checking online. Though. So as soon as the interview's over, I'm hoping my audience is going to watch the first episode. But yeah, t tell me a little bit more about some of that filmmaking, the intentionality as a, as a director. I think one thing we really wanted to do with this series was to be still, mm. uh, because it felt like... Uh, 
to to kind of jump in with the characters and be kind of you know all up in their face which is something that happens a lot with like modern filmmaking. Of course it does, yeah. Kind of over everyone's shoulder. The Michael Bay-like school yeah. of filmmaking, right? Uh, yeah. And we really wanted to be still with this series and kind of let people really observe and really feel voyeuristic about their interaction with the story. And a lot of Kenyans asked us the question because even Kenyans are used to seeing, you know, close-up, over-shoulder. Sure, sure, sure. And a lot of people said, you guys need to move the camera and make it more <laughs> dynamic. Funny. And then we had to have those conversations with Kenyans about about how cameras move and why and why we would choose to be still rather than to be in there and that was an interesting conversation uh, that was happening alongside all the other people who would come and say how can you guys make such a violent thing uh, so all these conversations are happening alongside one another um, it was a uh, it was a new language for us to be mm. so still and to be so kind of thoughtful about uh, the things um, and I guess we really enjoyed it. Yeah, and and the the, the thing is that uh, there are three stories happening parallel to each other. There's a story. Uh, the, the, there's a now the, the in the universe of the story. There's a there's a contemporary of the the vigilante, but then the backstory is evolving as they continue with the contemporary. But also the story of the victims is evolving, mm-hmm. and so um, we, we 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 see a lot of people starting to develop Im- empathy. Uh, for for the vigilante, as the, as the backstory develops. Uh, how, yeah, in a way, how can you not? No matter how criminal this person was, when you're when you're when you're given time to reflect and and you are actually take time to listen and be still, mm. right? Which how can you not, in a way, feel somewhat convicted by? Geez, can we really take this guy's life? Is that really the right answer here? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes people start getting disappointed mm. by the vigilante, mm. which also yes, uh, yes. Which is ne- is necessary. Which is necessary, uh, yeah. yeah. But also, um, I guess, uh, the deliberate on the part of the film, instead of creating a hero, you create an anti-hero. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. In a sense. Um, so and, is this, and that is, was also so is deliberate. This, George, any of you, is, is the series about crime? In Nairobi, is it that you guys are just so done with the culture here? Is it? it I mean, obviously, it's not just about that. It goes way deeper on mm. so many levels. As you start to unpack, and this is why I love this format, because things bubble to the surface yeah. that, that that are just often really. There's a discovery, yeah. you know, when you when you chat with people who created the work. But is it? Is that how it sort of started? In a sense, it's. Geez, you know what? This is about the crime in the city. It's out of hand. We need to. We need to fight back. I don't think it was ever that simple. It always felt like um, that the core interest was the identity mm. uh, and how people become good or bad in our city right. and all right. the structure around goodness right. and badness That's in good. our city. Uh, and so it, it applies not only to the vigilantes, but it applies to the, to the victims, it applies to the audience, it applies to uh, the society. Like it, uh, and I guess there's a way that the, the general public excludes themselves from this story and and looks at it as these crazy people doing this thing. Right. But it's very much a commentary on all of us. Of course uh, it is. And yeah. it gets more and more uncomfortable when the vigilante comes closer and closer to someone who looks and feels like you, someone who's just driving badly in, in the streets. Right. Because right. that is an issue. And it's so strange to be in Toronto because, like, we spent a few days here and, like, people cross the road when they're supposed when to. When they're supposed to, yes. Uh, and so yeah. that kind of extreme order by our standards 
is kind of surreal to be then showing this film in this city where it seems on the surface that everything is is quite orderly uh, and I guess maybe that normalization of chaos is particularly um, noticeable now that we're here and even at our first screening on, on Thursday or Wednesday um, we were watching I was watching the show and I was just suddenly very hyper aware of of the chaos of our city. <laughs> the chaos of your city, the, yeah. con- the contrast. Just because of who I was watching it with. And, and I really wondered what these images feel like to someone who's used to crossing the road at a particular point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, I think, yeah. The, the, is, is it disrupting or is it, how is it playing? How, what, what's, the, what's, uh, the, what's the paradox here, you know, for, for the viewer? And yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, when you said, you know, George, that there's three stories, I almost wanted to go, hang on, there's four, because what about the viewer? What about the interaction? What about yes. my, what about my story, yeah. right, after I've watched, yeah. and I go and have a conversation with my wife or my girlfriend or my kids yeah. and say, wow, I saw this thing today, right? Yeah. And now we've, we've got a whole other narrative, yeah. right? Well, and, and especially your story, uh, there's a thing that Jim does. Uh, together with like the technical team, um, we open up the voting uh, until Wednesday and until Tuesday evening. And and Wednesday is the day where they integrate all the the conversations, all the comments, all the right. voting numbers, all the newspaper. I bet, I bet it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the newspaper articles right. into the Thursday release, and so that the, and so I always want to watch together with the audience, and I always feel like it's a very surreal. Um, uh, clip because in a sense it blurs the film universe and my universe. It totally does. And yeah. I feel completely implicated um, because the stuff I'm watching on the news which is reality is the same stuff I'm watching in the film yeah. and so it's quite trippy. Um, it, it really is. You yeah. guys really are dancing between the real and the hyper real which you know I'll go back to that shot of that, that beam of light you know that crack of light mm. and that, that one shot that's so wonderful for me that because it's it's like you said it's never it was it was never that simple. Mm. It wasn't just about crime. Yeah. This you know this is this is an experiment. This is this is real. This is the hyper real and ha- and how ha- and how are we all in a way I guess kind of complicit, mm. right? You know as viewers because yeah. we're making choices right on uh, on all these levels it's uh, pretty pretty fascinating how did you um you guys don't strike me as the dark uh soulful <laughs> not soulful wrong wrong word um soul searching types you don't strike me as seekers you got great laughs beautiful <laughs> we, smiles what the we, hell is going on we, around here we get that a lot a i lot bet you do yeah people yeah. say yeah. uh your work has yeah. an intensity that you've you watched too many horror films Jim. i think <laughs> Actually, that's the problem i can't watch horror films i can't either yeah, oh, i'm glad I, to hear that i, I don't I, like them i get scared they creep me out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Although I have to say, of the few that I've seen, I, there was a tiny bit of Blair Witch in this film. Just a tiny bit. That that the, the, I don't oh, know. The, yeah, the okay. Blair Witch Project. I, I know I twenty years ago Blair scared Witch. the heck out of me, man. <laughs> and I think it was the last time I saw a horror movie. I'd never again. Never again. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have asked us, uh, "Are you angry?" Because uh, like, you 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 express anger in your work. But do you have to be angry to make angry work? I think there are times. Yes, I mean we we get angry, and we and all the things that we explore in the series exist in us at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, the very act of creating the work means that you transfer, mm-hmm. and it's not possible mm-hmm. to continue mm-hmm. to have uh, these definite feelings after you've expressed them. So I guess for us, it's kind of selfish and cathartic. Well, uh, to go, and to go back to your earlier comment, George, I mean that's kind of what you said. This is this is about the collective. This is about an expression. 
of a, of a particular sort. And one hopes that maybe um, when you create a thing like this and then, then Kenyans watch it, you hope that then there's a similar kind of catharsis. Uh, I mean, for us, the responsibility is different because we make the thing. Right, but for right. an audience to participate and watch the thing, you hope that there's a similar catharsis for the society yeah. in kind of uh, getting to see an, a, mental exp a mental experiment kind of play out as real as it can be without actually... It really is wonderful uh, what you guys have done. It, all available online? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, Dirk. And when, when you talk about anger, um, the thing that anger uh, is able to sustain itself is only when there's only one perspective. Mm, to nice. The anger yeah, it's so good. On. And so when you have a tunnel and a self-reinforcing uh, story, then you can, you're able to sustain mm. anger. But when you have different perspectives of the grievance, especially mm. the opposing. yeah, especially the opposing, uh, or even stuff that makes you uncomfortable, even about your position within the narrative that allows you the grievance, then it it has to be an expression, and that's what happens at the nest. That we find ourselves that all of us are, care about each other deeply, we respect each other's thoughts, but we are almost always sometimes at different points sure. of the spectrum yeah. of yeah. Uh, of one conversation. Uh, sometimes I'm an oppressor in someone else's anger. Sometimes right. I am the victim in someone else's uh, grievance. Uh, and so then it, it has to transform beyond just anger. It becomes now um, a project, you know? Mm. Yeah, and, and and that's why I feel like the... So you see these the kind of things he'd walk into the room and say... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see how that wouldn't change anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I thought you were just the driver. What the, what's going on? <laughs> it's, I think I'm still the driver. <laughs> yes, I think you are too, just based on budgetary concerns alone, right? Yeah, yeah. So a small army of thinkers, uh, makers, and believers. I, I, I think it's a testament, uh, your, 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 um, hmm, your demeanor, your joy, uh, the, the, the pleasure that you guys are, are, are sharing with me here of, of what you've created and so on is just a testament to the community that you guys have created. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, so is it nestcollective.com? It's uh, thisisthenest.com. Thisisthenest.com. Check it out. Uh, Tuco Macho, it's spelled T-U-K-O, another word, M-A-C-H-O. Um, it's all eight episodes are online? Yeah, and, is, and we're returning with episode nine on September 22nd. Episode nine is coming up. Well, listen, congratulations. Thank and, you and, so much. And I'm sorry about all the order out on the street. <laughs> I, I wish it was a little more chaotic for you. It's, it'd make you feel a little more at home. <laughs> this is Mokami. Yes. You have, to, you have to jump in. Actually, I, was, I, I thought this is just perfect for you guys. That's yeah. why I've been keeping quiet. Well, you know what? <laughs> Thank you for being here and for taking a few photos. It's Jim and George and Mokami talking about Tuco Macho here at the Toronto International Film Festival. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.